So good, isn't it? So good. As they shared, just reminded that that's, that's the church as Jesus intended his church to be. And so as you have been ready to be generous and given, you are really making a difference in people's lives. So thank you. And as you prayerfully consider this year, uh, how you might participate and uh, share as a family and being ready, helping us be ready to be generous as God has been generous with us and been generous with you, we do get to be the body of Christ to one another. So, so grateful. Thank you. And it's not just locally. Uh, globally, we've been able to be generous because you've allowed us to be ready to be generous as well. Uh, as well in 2022, uh, we heard of this little body of believers in Uzbekistan. Most of you probably don't even know where Uzbekistan is, but it's connected to all the other stands, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, and they are um, this little body of believers, over 50% of them deaf or blind, and uh, attempting to meet, but no place to meet. And so maybe you do remember this, maybe you don't, but according to you and your generosity so that we could be ready to be generous, uh, we were able to, as CFC, build this church for them in Uzbekistan, and there's the body of believers that uh, are benefiting from your generosity. It's just, it reminds me, uh, the work of God happens all around the world, and we get to participate in it. And it's, it's good to remember, because sometimes we get so lost in the stuff of our life, and we think it's all about what's happening in my life, and we're just part of something much, much bigger, and, and the privilege that we have to be a part of it. So again, thank you for your generosity, and, and I hope you're encouraged that uh, as you give, we really do seek to be good stewards of not just making life easy or good for us, but actually blessing others by the, the privilege of that. All right, before we jump to Luke 2, would you join me in the scriptures in Colossians chapter 5? <clears throat> want us to look quickly, it won't be long there, uh, but if you'll join me in Colossians chapter 5. All right, some of you faster than others. <laughs> if you're still looking, give yourself a break. There is no Colossians 5. But uh, I made a mistake, and if you were doing the reading the New Testament in 90 days, day 70 said, read Colossians 4 and 5. And I have had many emails uh, <clears throat> explaining to me of my mistake, and, and so I want to publicly acknowledge we do make up words, radiosity, we do not make up chapters of the Bible. So uh, there is no Colossians 5. Um, I apologize. It was a shorter day of reading for you if you actually followed it. But it did remind me. Uh, I, except for yesterday, every day this week, I've gotten an email from somebody saying, hey, I I'm finished. If you're on track, you're like, well, hey, why are they finished? I'm still reading some of John. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're overachievers, but they're finished. They did a New Testament in less than 90 days. And everyone has said how 
significant, using different words, meaningful it's been to them to read the scriptures on a regular basis. So if you started and you stopped, pick it up. So, so good. Two of them this week said, uh, what are you going to do for us for 2023? And so I was like, you know, this is the way it goes. You do something. And it was like, okay, now what else are you going to do? But um, we'll probably try to do something Old Testament, uh, which will be more of a challenge because three chapters a day in the Old Testament, is it not 90 days? It's like 305 or 310 days. So it'd be a, a challenge, but well, well, worth it. All right, let's read a, a, a chapter that actually exists. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we are looking at Jesus as the fulfillment of that which the scriptures were pointing to, that we, the scriptures were anticipating, the, the Messiah. Jesus is the fulfillment of the anticipation of hope. And Jesus is the fulfillment of the anticipation of mystery. That everything that, that God fulfilled, that he promised he would do 700 years before it happened in the birth of Jesus, should give us confidence and hope that everything he said about his death his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension will be equally true. If you believe in the birth of Jesus, you have every reason to believe in the significance and the power and the impact of his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, the hope that we have in Jesus. And last week, the mystery that we have in Jesus. In other words, if God is doing something in your life, that makes you go, I don't understand. Hey, that's the Christmas story. God in the sending of his son made some decisions, some choices that you go, I don't get it. Why would he choose that? Why would he choose that family? Why would he choose that place? Why would he choose that time? And it proved to be the perfect time. And so it's an opportunity. Christmas is an opportunity for you and I to remember, Lord, To acknowledge the Lord in all our ways is to say two words. Anybody remember from last week? Thank you. Thank you for that which is hard. Thank you for that which doesn't make sense. Thank you for the timing. Thank you for the family you have chosen for me. Even the wacky ones. And almost every one of us have some of the wacky ones, right? If if you don't have a wacky one, you're probably it. <laughs> and somebody else is going, thank you, Jesus, for them, by faith. <laughs> no, it's the Christmas story it is a reminder that we can trust him even when we don't understand. This morning, we get to look at Jesus as the gift of joy. And we're going to be looking at verses 8, 9, 10, and 11 in Luke 2. We looked at the first seven verses last week. So continuing the Christmas story as Jesus as the gift of joy. Follow along with me. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were... 
terribly frightened for good reason. I mean, I know you've heard the story a thousand times. You've sung the song. You've seen little kids play the part. And you've never been terribly frightened. They were terribly frightened because this was the real deal. The glory of God was in front of them. And they were like, oh, no. They're terribly and frightened. And so the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. And here's why. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. That is the message of Christmas right there. Very, very simple, but three really significant parts. The message that they get is a message, and I love this, of good news, of great joy. It, it's the double. It, it could have been just a message of good news or a message of great joy, but it's a message of good news, of great joy, and it's good news of great joy because who is the message for, does the angel declare? The message is good news of great joy because it is for all people. Everybody. What is the message? What's the message? Yeah. Very simple. A savior is born. Now, because you've heard it, you've gotten used to it. But sometimes we have to remember, what would it be like to hear that for the first time? A savior is born. See, statements often say more than what they actually say. They have implications. For instance, uh, a number of years, Jackie, uh, years ago, Jackie and I are at a, a, a Columbia alumni dinner, and the president of Columbia is in town, and <clears throat> we're visiting with him. His name's Dr. Johnny Miller, and as we're visiting, we talk about a, a friend, that, a common acquaintance we have, and Jackie says to Dr. Miller about that common friend, he has lost most of his hair, too. And Dr. Miller very quickly says, two? And Jackie, who is rarely embarrassed, goes, two? Did I say two? I didn't mean to say two. Because did she say, hey, Dr. Miller, man, you are bald. Did she say that? Yes, she did. Yeah, and that's the thing. She said it very clearly. But she didn't say it. She said it. She said two. And he went, yeah. Now, he wasn't confused. He was like, what? I lost my... No, he knew. But she implied something she actually didn't mean to say by saying what she said. Like, Jim, over here, Jim, you called us one Sunday afternoon and said to Jackie, was Tommy's front tooth a permanent tooth? <laughs> okay, think about that. You just got the call. 
It's your young son. Was Tommy's front tooth a permanent tooth? And of course, Jackie focused in on what word? Was? Jim, what do you mean was? Uh, what did he mean? It was not. Yes. Uh, what I mean is the neighbor boy with his airsoft rifle shot it out. So in answer to the question, was it permanent? No, clearly not. It was gone. But he didn't say that. He implied it. So we've gotten used to this. A savior is born. But there is so much more being said in a savior is born than those exact words. Think about the the implications. Even the word savior implies what? Yeah, when we talk about the implications of the message, Savior implies a problem. If I don't have a problem, if there is no problem, there is no need for a Savior. The presence of a parachute implies this sucker might go down, right? So when the message we hear, a savior is born, there is implied, there's a problem. And most of us know the problem. All have sinned. Missed the mark of fulfilling and living and expressing the perfection of God. We missed it. That's sin. So we've all sinned, and the problem of sin for all of us is that the wages of it is death. So a savior, and this is why some find Jesus offensive, rightly so, because a savior implies a problem and the problem is sin and the problem is universal and the result of that problem is a separation from God. So a savior being born implies you have a sin problem. So in other words, I can never acknowledge, excuse me, I can never Embrace a savior until I embrace I've got a problem. I've missed the mark of God's holiness, and missing the mark has separated me from it. So you've seen, we've been created to live like this with God, one with him, under him. And sin has separated. So it's good news of great joy that a savior. This is being addressed. <clears throat> what does born for you imply? Because it's part of that. It's not just a savior. I shrunk it, but they say a savior has been born for You. What's that imply? 
Yeah, it's, it's personal. It's easy to think generalities. A savior has been born. It's kind of like universal problem, universal, and miss the fact that it's not just humanity that has a problem. I, I have a problem. I have a personal need. Not, not just other people. I have a personal need. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. So it's not that I'm living poorly. (laughs) It's that I'm dead in my sin. The passage goes on to say, we too, next word, all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. You know what that means, children of wrath? that we were by nature that, that means this, that I am not a sinner because I sin. It means that I sin because I am a sinner. It's at core who I am. So in other words, my sin problem is just not an action problem. It's a nature problem problem. It's to my very being. And in my very being, because I'm dead and because I am by nature a child of wrath, I'm unable to help myself. Which is, which is contrary to what we often think. Because where does it say in the Bible, God helps those who help themselves? Colossians 5. That's in Colossians 5, right there. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. I think it was who? I think it was Benjamin Franklin. God doesn't help those who help themselves. Do you know why? Because people cannot help themselves. Listen, it's bad news if God helps those who help themselves because those who need help are not just dealing with an action problem or a mind problem. They have a nature problem and that by nature they are dead and dead people are not very good at helping themselves. See, so I'm not sure if you're tracking with me, but the extent of the need for a savior goes to our very core. And you may be thinking, wow, well, it's Christmas. We should be talking about joy and happiness. Why are we talking about sin and children of wrath? Because a savior born for you implies a need that is personal that you can't help yourself with. But uh, what was it? Good news. Why is it good news? Good news implies the need 
that is personal and to the very core of our nature has been met. There's been a provision. It's a fantastic message from heaven. A savior has been born for you, which is why it's good news of great joy for all the people. Because our greatest, deepest need for which we could not help ourselves, God has helped. Matt read it earlier. While we were still helpless. See, that, I, can, I, I can never embrace the gift of a Savior until I can put myself personally right here. While I was still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, those who couldn't help themselves. That when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he's taking it out of the way, having nailed it, to the cross. So, so that which put us here, the sin, the debt that we had because of our sin. And what's the penalty? Death. It's been taken out of the way. It's like this. Imagine you had this massive college debt and someone decided he was going to cancel it all. Well, only imagine because that's not going to happen. <clears throat> No, the debt is far greater than any college debt anybody could ever accrue. And somebody didn't say, hey, somebody else is going to pay it. He said, I'll pay it. You see, the power, maybe, maybe this will help you. The power of what Jesus did on the cross was because he did not have his own debt to pay. The death of Jesus on the cross was not unique because he was crucified. You know that. The day, he was, the day alone he was crucified, at least two other men were crucified with him. So it's not that Jesus died on a cross. Lots of people died on a cross. As horrible as that is. It's that when Jesus died on the cross, he was paying a debt of wrong that wasn't his. The guy to his right, he was paying the debt that was his. The guy to his left, he was paying the debt that was his. The guy in the center was paying my debt and your debt. Why? because we couldn't pay it. But I've got good news of great joy for all the people. What is it? A savior. Someone who can pay your debt is being born. That's fantastic. I mean, really, it's fantastic. I talked to some folks who, who were pretty excited that their college debt was going to go away. And they were like, man, I can't believe this. 
and talked to some people who weren't, couldn't believe it either, but for different reasons. <laughs> but what Jesus has done is paid your debt, each one of us, because what born for you means I had a debt. And some of you know the extent of your debt. And you'd be frightened if people knew the extent of your debt. Because it's not just the things that you've done, the stuff that you did at college that nobody knows about. I've told my son, there's stuff that, that I'm sure stuff that happened in college, I don't need to know about it. Lord knows about it, I don't need to know about it. And your mother certainly doesn't need to know about it. <laughs> Seriously, I don't need to know, she doesn't need to know. But the Lord knows and has paid the debt. That's fantastic. So if you're missing, I don't want us to get tired of the message from heaven that we have maybe heard so many times since we were this high that we've lost the wonder. The wonder of Christmas is not a snowy night and peaceful and silent with animals around, a baby being born in a manger. That's not, that's not the wonder of Christmas. The wonder of Christmas is that the size of my debt and the size of your debt, as huge as it was, unimaginable, not just the actions I've done, but the thoughts that I've thought and the attitudes that I've lived with, that all fall short of the glory of God, that don't look like him at all, and the penalty that I have accrued just myself, paid in full nailed to the cross and therefore taken out of the way. And, and then, as if that wasn't enough, watch. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. That's what we've just talked about. So that, this is now new, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, it's not just he took my debt and your debt and nailed it to the cross, having taken it out of the way. It's then he goes, and my righteousness I'm giving it to you. I'm going to take your debt. I'm going to give you my righteousness. Good news of great joy. I don't know your financial situation, but a fair amount of you probably have debt. Someone paid your debt, would you dance in the streets? I mean, all of it, they took it all away, all, all the debt, you, and it was all gone, and you were like debt-free tomorrow? You'd be pretty excited about that. Oh, everything was no longer, you never had a monthly payment again. I'd be like, wow, oh, oh, and by the way, Check out the account, what I've deposited into your account. I've not only taken away your, all your debts, I've deposited more zeros in your account than you can count going forward. That's good news <laughs> of great joy. And who's the lucky person? <laughs> For all the people. That's right. He's like, I'm in on that one. Yes, yes, I'm in on that one. That's the story of Christmas. 
No, no wonder, no wonder we love the season. And sometimes, sometimes we lose it. We, we, we've, we think it's because of all the trimmings. It's not the trimmings. It's not the lights. It's the person, Jesus, who is the gift of good news, of great joy for all the people. He has taken my punishment and given me his righteousness. Paid all my debt and then poured himself into me. So the good news of great joy is for all the people, right? So everyone, all people are forgiven and all people have the righteousness of Christ. (laughs) That would seem to be the implication since we're talking about implications. You understand what I said, right? If it's good news of great joy for all the people that Christ has paid the punishment for my sin and given me his righteousness, then everybody's forgiven, everybody's righteous, and everybody's going to heaven. Except the scripture gives an important disclaimer. It reinstates whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But what, what's the disclaimer there? There is a, a calling on the name of the Lord. A, a believing in, a speaking up with my mouth that I do believe that Jesus is the Savior born for me. That yes, I do believe I have a problem. Yes, I do believe that it's to my very core. And Jesus has taken it. And so I... See, when the scriptures were written, they didn't didn't have this, but to call. (laughs) To call upon the name of the Lord. Now, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him him whom they have not heard? See, the good news of great joy is for all the people. But you know what? It's only good news to whom? (laughs) The good news is actually only good news to those who, to those who hear it. You know, I've had a little fun with the whole pay your college debt thing, and I'm not making any political statements. With I was just talking about paying debts here. But imagine having a massive college debt and never hearing that someone offered to pay it until you paid it. I mean, for folks who saw it coming, what'd they do? They stopped paying themselves, said, I'll save that money. Why would I pay off somebody else who's going to pay? But never hear it? 
Is it possible that there's people on the planet who have never heard the good news of great joy? Is that possible? You know, no, it's, it's not possible. It's reality. In fact, much, this is crazy. Much of the planet, the people on the planet, have actually not heard that. So it's good news of great joy for all people, except they've never heard. It's, it's why in 2022, we did what we simply called our Red to Green initiative. Let me explain. In what you might think of as missions circles, the portions of the world who have never heard the good news of great joy of a Savior being born are, are kind of categorized to help people understand the spiritual condition of the world. They're categorized as red in the world. And then those who have heard the message and received the message, more than 2% of them evangelical, they move from red to green. And because of our conviction here at the chapel that the good news is actually only good news to those who hear it, we said, let's pick a portion of the world that's red, haven't heard, and make sure that they here, because it's not good news if you don't hear it. So over the past year, because of, and I want you to hear me say this like a thousand times, because of your generosity. See, you've been playing out the Christmas story, whether you realized it or not. Because of your generosity, uh, CFC here has been able to hire all these guys. And they give themselves each day to the declaring of the gospel to people who have never heard the good news. It's fantastic. We call them CFC East, like way, way East. But by your generosity, these guys have been invited in to listen, to be the angel of the Lord who sends the message from heaven of good news, of great joy. A savior has been born. What are they telling people? Oh, a savior means there's a problem. And the problem is personal. But there's been a provision made. In the last 12 months, those guys have got to be the angel of the Lord 47,000 times. <laughs> Think about that. You know what I mean when I said they've been the angel of the Lord 47,000 times? That's fantastic. 47,000 people who had not heard a message before of good news, of great joy, have heard it. it it's probably a, uh, 
goes without saying when you hear that to go, hmm, how many times have I shared it in the last 12 months? Those guys have been at it. Almost 6,000 folks who heard it received it. And just under 600 of them, this is a big deal in this part of the world, have engaged in public baptism of declaring uh, that I am repenting of what I have always believed and I am believing in Jesus is the Savior born for me. Publicly declaring that. That's a fantastic step of faith for them. And friends, I just want to tell you, way to go. By your, by your giving, we are, we're getting to replay the Christmas story. But I don't just want us to think the other side of the globe. Is it possible that there's people in Mandarin and in St. John's County and out at the beach and in San Jose? Is it possible that there's people there who have never heard that Jesus is the Savior who has been born for them? Is that possible? No, it's not possible. It's reality. That's one of the most eye-opening things for me was when my wife, Jackie, was subbing right here on Greenland Road. And she was always, as a sub, very outspoken about Jesus in the classroom because she was like, you know, what are they going to do? Fire me? Uh, <laughs> so she never shrunk back from talking about Jesus. And the number of children who went to Greenland Pines Elementary School you know where that is? That's not far from here. Who had never heard of Jesus except as a cuss word. No idea. No idea. She was week before Easter one time, something, and half the class had no idea that Easter was about Jesus being raised from the dead which is core to the gospel. That's in our backyard, folks. So as we celebrate Christmas, you understand? It is good news of great joy for all the people, but the good news is only good news if you've heard it. And, and the, there's just more and more. We are living in a post-Christian world, even here in Mandarin. There are more and more folks who live all around us, who work where you work and, and live in the community that you live in and work out at the place that you work out that, that have never actually heard the true gospel. They, may, they probably know about God and they, they may have heard about Jesus, but that he was the son of God who never sinned and took on sin by his death on the cross so that they could be forgiven of their sin and be given the righteousness of Christ to be able to walk in newness of life. That's the gospel. Haven't heard it. I want to reframe uh, when Tracy during uh, the welcome talked about these 
invitations to Christmas Eve, I think maybe we think, oh, it's just be a nice thing. This is, we'll share the gospel at Christmas Eve. And if you're not sure, somebody you work with who lives on the street has ever heard the gospel, either you can tell them, and then you'll know they've heard it. And don't shrink back from that. I'm serious. If you're not sure, just tell them. It's not your job. It's not my job to convince them. I'm not saying, hey, if you'll bring them a Christmas Eve, I'll convince them. (laughs) I do not have that authority nor power. And that's not that. The the power of God is the gospel. So if you're not sure, just tell them. Don't figure out how you're going to convince them. Just tell them. And an easy way that might seem a little more natural is to almost everybody, almost everybody celebrates Christmas. Is to simply invite them to a Christmas Eve service. Come and enjoy some Christmas music. 50 minutes. And have a sense. It's just not the other side of the world that hadn't heard the gospel. It's our side of the world that hadn't heard the gospel. And we want to share it with them. Anybody come into your mind? When you think, the people who live to my left, have they heard the gospel? I don't know. People to the right, have they heard the gospel? Hmm. How about diagonal? And right across, have they heard? And you, some of you are thinking right now, well, I don't know. God has placed you there. Make the most of that opportunity. I'm not putting any pressure on you to convince them. Just be the angel of the Lord who declares the message. Seriously. You just simply declared. In less than 30 seconds, (laughs) he declared to him the message. Savior's been born. He's Christ the Lord. So I want to encourage you. Maybe this would be the opportunity. Maybe you would simply take them some Christmas cookies and say, hey, just want you to know uh, the heart of Christmas and the reason I celebrate Christmas is because I've become convinced that Jesus, who was born, that we're celebrating, is the Savior of the world, that he took the penalty for my sin and has made me a new person. That's why I celebrate Christmas. If you ever have any questions about that, be glad to talk about it. You see how hard that was? That was really difficult. No, it's not. It's, it's really not difficult. And I'm not trying to, if you're going, like, well, I feel so guilty. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm going, this is the privilege that we have. It might sound weird to you, but the privilege we have is to be the angel of the Lord in our world. Ones who get to declare the simple message. Here's one of the stories from these guys. My name is Lapreet. 
मैं परमेश्वर का धन्यवाद करता हूँ कि परमेश्वर ने मुझे आप सबके सामने आज अपनी गवाही को शेयर करने का मौका दिया मैं आप सबको अपनी गवाही बताना चाहता हूँ यदि मैं परमेश्वर को नहीं जानता था प्रभु यीशु मसीह को नहीं जानता था तो बहुत ही गलत रास्तों पर था और मैं एक बीमारी के साथ गुजरा था मैं चल फिर नहीं सकता था मुझे बहुत डॉक्टरों को दिखाया गया लेकिन कोई फर्क ना फर्क नहीं पड़ा लेकिन फिर एक दिन एक मसीह व्यक्ति मेरे पास आया मसीह भाई मेरे पास आया उसने मुझे यीशु प्रभु यीशु मसीह के बारे में बताया कि किस तरह प्रभु यीशु मसीह ने अपनी जान कुर्बान हमारे पापों के लिए अपनी जान कुर्बान कर दी और किस तरह प्रभु यीशु मसीह ने हमारे पापों के लिए किया वो सब परमेश्वर का वसन उसने बताया और फिर मुझे क्लिशिया में ले जाया गया मेरे लिए प्रार्थना की गई और मेरा जीवन बदला और मैं और मुझे चंगाई मिली मैं परमेश्वर का भी धन्यवाद करता हूँ और अब मैं पासी के साथ मिलकर सेवा करता हूँ और परमेश्वर का धन्यवाद करता हूँ और लोगों को सुसमाचार सुनाता और जगह जगह जाकर शुभ समाचार सुनाता हूं मैं प्रभु का धन्यवाद करता हूं कि परमेश्वर ने मुझे इस कार्य के लिए सुना सब कुछ जनसी गॉस्पलिट And then I went and started telling other people, because he personally experienced. Man, this is good news. There's only good news if you actually hear it. So good. But his story tells us that there's one more reality. The good news is only good news to those who hear it, and it's only good news to those who receive it. <laughs> it's only good news to those who receive it. The scripture describes it this way: Salvation is by grace. You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the. It's the gift. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So, uh, imagine with me. Salvation is what. A gift doesn't come in a box like this. Amazon doesn't deliver. But imagine with me, this being your forgiveness for all your sin, and this being the righteousness of Christ, and this being new life, new purpose, new destiny. It's all wrapped up here in this box. It's salvation. It's a gift. And now imagine this. There's a tag right on the top here that says to. And it has your name on it, and it says "Love God." It's kind of a cool picture, isn't it? Who's it for? No, who's it for? You, because it's got your name on it, and it's under the tree. When's it become yours? Yeah, I think. See, it's a gift of God, but a gift become actually becomes mine when I when I go. Oh, it's my name on it. I'm gonna open it up when I receive it. Here's the crazy thing. Don't miss this. Here's the crazy thing. This gift, the gift of salvation, is the greatest gift ever given. And for some people, it's been sitting under their tree of 
the life, their life with their name on it and it's gone unopened. Is it theirs? <laughs> it's for you, but it's not mine until I receive it. So I want you to hear a story, not from the other side of the world, but a story from here of someone who received it. Good evening. I'm Mike Gallion, and I've been watching you. Just so you know, I'm one of the police officers that Steve Vereen hired to provide security at CFC. Thank you. Thank you. So I've been paying attention to you and listening to Doug and others who have been teaching on Thursdays and Sundays. I was raised in a religious home, and I went to church enough to pick up Bible stories from the Old and New Testaments. But honestly, as a child, I felt like I was just going through the motions. I had a belief in God, but it was knowledge without a, without a relationship. And I thought and behaved like being a good person was the end goal, so I worked to be good enough to get to heaven. As I said, I've been listening for a while, and I've heard enough to know that there was something missing in my life. For instance, I've been wanting to start reading the Bible, but I was overwhelmed and not sure where to start. In Doug's sermon, when he introduced the New Testament in 90 days, it was exactly what I've been looking for because I didn't know where to start. I was blessed to have the opportunity to talk to Doug in the parking lot one Sunday afternoon. We discussed reading the New Testament in 90 days, and I told him it was going to be my first time reading, actually reading the Bible. We also talked about my faith in God, or maybe I should say my lack of faith in God. Doug explained saving faith in God's forgiveness. He said I can be forgiven for my sins and go to heaven if I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and was deserving of death and hell. That was not hard. I know I'm a sinner. Second, he explained, then asked if I believe that Jesus paid the penalty for my guilt and sin in his crucifixion. I said, yes, I do believe that Jesus died a horrible death for my sins. Then he asked if I wanted to receive his payment on my behalf. I did not know I could receive God's forgiveness. Even though I've tried to be a good person, I thought I'd been too bad. So I was ready and willing to accept the gift God was offering me of new life in him. This is so new to me. I don't know all the changes that are coming. But I've noticed I've been making more time for my family. I've been a more patient person. I'm also reading the Bible with a different perspective. I've been studying for my sergeant's exam in February. And I'm beginning to see that God can use it for his glory, regardless of how I do on the exam. Finally, I want to lead my family into a better relationship with God. And I want to be a better father, husband, and citizen. Today, I want to be baptized because the scripture says, the scripture declares, we are to believe then be baptized. I've come to love Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, which says, For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. placeman on our campus didn't know it was a gift to be received the Lord opened his eyes I didn't do anything special he literally said what do I need to do to get saved <laughs> that's what people often wonder they don't know 
It's only good news if you hear it. It's good news to those who know they can receive it. So let me give you an opportunity to once again say, if you know somebody who hasn't received it, or maybe you're not sure I've heard it, we're going to share the gospel Christmas Eve. But it may be the news you hear, need to hear right now, that you can receive new life in Jesus. He didn't know. You can receive it. Why don't you bow with me? Father, as you worked in Mike's heart so clearly, pray that if you're working in an individual's heart right now, that they're listening and they have that sense that, that you are speaking to them. You are inviting them into forgiveness and new life. Maybe they thought they'd been too bad or they had to earn it. Lord, if you're speaking there and you know when the Lord is speaking to you, friend, don't resist him. Instead, thank him. Say thanks for, for sending your son to pay the penalty for my sin. I know I deserve hell and wrath. I believe your son has taken it on my behalf and I receive now the free gift of forgiveness and righteousness of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that You have promised whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you open the eyes of the blind and raise those who are dead in their sin that they might now believe in you and be born again. You came from heaven's throne Acquainted with to trade the debt we owe your suffering for our freedom the Lamb of God in my place your blood poured out my sin erased it you to stand with us. Sing this together. Name upon your heart. My name upon your heart. And my shame upon your shoulders. The power
questions about uh, the gospel, if you're really not, still not sure maybe what that means, what that looks like, we are so happy to talk to you and answer any questions we can, whether it's in the guest uh, reception area in the gazebo out there or one of us, uh, come talk to me. We have men and women that, that are available between auditoriums to pray with you if you have needs. Uh, don't leave with questions. We would love to help you, uh, help you understand, point you to the scriptures. Um, and as you go and do that, be blessed. The Lord is uh, with us as we go and we invite. And so hope you have a great rest of the day and uh, be blessed. We'll see you next time.